0: And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader.
1: I'm not there in the studio. I can just picture Gambo's head. Bopping <laughs> to the to Chicago of the Chicago song. Yeah, this is it, such a great song. I'm, I'm not wrong, am I? Right? Like I, I can just picture you. You're, you're you got you know you're very limited rhythm, and you're just kind of moving your head along. Wait a to second, the- my wife says that too. Limited rhythm. I don't think I have limited rhythm. <laughs> okay, I right. start on Dance Party USA. Uh huh. Uh huh. That was how long ago? <sighs> you, you 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 citing your rhythm. Because you were on Dance Party USA is sort of like when NFL teams say they want first round picks for head coaching candidates. You're like, yeah, that was 20 years ago. Prices changed. Uh, all so, right, I'm just saying. Waiting for the break of if, day. If, if your wife and I both agree she that you're rhythmically fun. challenged, she does she thinks a... I have no rhythm. Oh, oh. I have no rhythm at all. She. I agree she's with Chelsea about that. She's got a lot, of, a lot, got of, a lot
2: of rhythm. You know, she's <laughs> Latina. She's got a lot of rhythm, Chelsea.
1: <laughs> but she got rhythm. <laughs> she's Latina doesn't mean. She's got rhythm. She's got good rhythm. Lots of people can have rhythm. You know? She's got a lot of it. It's not a thing. Um, Anyway, this song aside, the uh, Phoenix Suns, and I was reminded, listening to Eric's Sports Center update, the Suns taking on the Celtics tonight. Oh, yeah, that's right. The last time the Suns played the Celtics, the Celtics humiliated the Phoenix Suns. And that was with Devin Booker, by the way. That was the one like humiliating loss the Suns have suffered in the last month or so, or, or last couple of months or so, where they actually had Devin for that one, and it was really really bad rematch tonight is at 530 and we can talk about some of those bad losses but but now with the Suns, we're just inundated with stuff about Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and if you if you missed the news it was reported earlier today about 12 o'clock Kyrie Irving has informed the the Brooklyn Nets that he wants out. He wants to be traded. Deadline's coming up on Thursday. There are various reports about various teams and their level of interest in him. There's been connections with the Lakers. There's been connections with the Mavs. I'll get into that in a minute but one of the tweets that that came out about it just about 45 minutes ago and boy this this is going to strike a nerve if you're a Suns fan according to Adrian Wojnarowski among rival teams there's far more interest in inquiring on Kevin Durant's reaction to Kyrie Irving's trade requests and how that may impact KD's future with the Nets that gambo was the second thing i thought of when the story came out absolutely on. the first thing was i don't know if i want Kyrie here. Here. The second thing was, but I do want KD. Can we fire that conversation yeah. back up again?
2: And it has to be a conversation. It just has to be a conversation, you know, because when you look at it, I mean, you know, the whole thing with the Nets was a very fragile situation. Very, very fragile. The KD thing, he was leaving and stay in, and then Kyrie, OK. But like that it was always teetering on the brink. I mean anything could have knocked that off and now Kyrie wanting to leave if your K- your KD if you've got Kyrie you got a chance to win like you got it ch- Oh the only thing is they can't beat the Celtics I think the Celtics have beaten the Nets like 10 straight times Oh, they I humiliated believe,
1: him the other night. I actually watched I, some of that. They embarrassed them. The other I
2: believe night. that they've won ten straight against the Nets. The Nets just can't beat the Celtics. But if Kyrie doesn't, if Kyrie's going to get traded, if you're KD, it's like, look, man, just just let blow the whole thing up. Trade him. Trade me. Give me somewhere I have a chance to win. And let's you know, let's make this work.
1: Yeah, that's and that to me is where the Suns. You know, we I know we did this all last summer, and, and I know KD. He's a year older, and I know Katie still misses games because he's hurt. You know, it's but about thirty
2: million dollars of that contract is gone now between the summer and now, and the summer and now, like thirty million of what was left on that contract is is thirty million of it is gone. He signed a 4-year $194 million deal. Like if you would have got him in the beginning of the year, you were on the hook for all of it.
1: <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> you're, yeah. on the,
2: you're on the you were on the hook. Yeah, cuz that, that the deal started this year. You're on the you were
1: on the hook for all of it. All right. So, I just looked up his contract. Yeah. Um he's got 46.4 next year, 49.8 the year after that, 53.3 the year after that in his age 37 season. You're ideal goal would be to win a championship with him early, because by the time he gets to age 36, 37, who knows what he's going to be able to do, or how much he's going to be able to contribute, how effective he's going to be. Uh, you're trying to pair him. It, does this... I, I, don't, I would think this sparks things back up for Kevin Durant. I would think Kevin Durant would look around and go, depending on what happens with Kyrie and does he get moved, I don't know if this means that Kevin Durant gets moved at the deadline, but I certainly think if Kyrie gets moved to the deadline and the return is underwhelming and it doesn't impress Kevin Durant very much, then it's fair to wonder if we're going to be right back where we started from this summer and talking about Kevin Durant and whether he wants out. And at that point, now we need to have conversations about the Suns saving their assets in case they want to go make another run at Kevin Durant this offseason and not using those 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 assets, those picks or those players or whatever, this trade deadline and saving them for the offseason in case you think you have another shot at it. And that could be the reason why
2: they're not giving up these draft picks. It could be, and we talked about how this year's pick is actually pretty good with the Suns being a, you know, basically a 500 team, one game over. That pick this year is pretty attractive. It's not a pick in the, it's not 27, 28. Right now, I believe it's the 14th pick in the draft. So it, it is a somewhat more attractive first round pick. Now, again, any deal for a guy like Kevin Durant is multiple first round picks and pick swaps and things like that. But all eyes right now are going to be on what, not just Kyrie Irving. But do the Nets just decide, okay, you know, if you can't have the two of those guys, it's either you have both of them or you have none, in my opinion. Seems like it, doesn't it? You could have both and they'll stay together and they'll try to win or you have none and you because there's no reason to just have one of those guys because you're not going to win with one of those guys you're better off starting over and and getting those draft picks I I give them a lot of credit they found a way to kind of keep this together for as long as they can but like I said this has been teetering on the brink for a while it was a very fragile situation because the Nets don't want to pay Kyrie what he wants and he wants what Bale got and he wants what KD got and he wants you know what all these other players are getting he wants that max contract and obviously you know it's not a surprise that the Nets weren't willing to give it to him but he wanted what Lillard, KD, and Beal got and
1: he's not happy that they're not willing to give it to him. Yeah, now before KD got hurt the Brooklyn Nets were doing more than hanging in there. They were doing very, very well yes, for Yes, very well. He's been hurt and right now the Brooklyn Nets are fourth in the Eastern Conference and, and there's really starting to get to be a little bit of separation now when you talk about Boston they have the best record in the East Milwaukee's two games back of them Phillies three games back of them then there's a little bit of a gap and now the Nets are five and a half back of the Boston Celtics Cleveland's nipping at their heels they're only a half game back of Brooklyn so Brooklyn might not even have home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs there's still plenty of distance between them and the play in tournament so it's not that bad but certainly without Kevin Durant there's been some slippage now if Kyrie gets traded we'll see there might be even more slippage I I do want to point this out too because it's not just the Suns that are being speculated as a destination for Kyrie Irving. There's a lot of Lakers talk out there, but there's also this. And this comes from Tim McMahon, NBA writer from ESPN. Mavs GM Nico Harrison, a former Nike executive, and Coach Jason Kidd have long-standing relationships with Kyrie Irving. Dallas desperately needs a co-star alongside Luka Doncic. You've been talking about that for a long time. Yes. About how they're looking to pair Luka with a with a superstar. Do the Mavs get in on this, thinking that Kyrie is that star? Hey. I, I
2: reported that they wanted to trade Dorian Finney-Smith for a first-round pick, and then a couple days later, that came out. So the Mavs are looking at this summer for— Now, It's I don't think they're looking for a guard. I think they're looking for a wing player, a Zach Levine, an OG Ananobi, a Siakam, somebody like that. I think they're looking for a, a, wing, a star wing player because Luke is so ball-dominant— I don't think that Luke and Kyrie would be the fit. I'll find out, but I don't think that that's what they would want. I think they're looking for like a, a, you know, a, a wing player that becomes available, like a Zach Levine type, or one of the Toronto guys to pair with, uh, with him.
1: Yeah, that is something to keep an eye on, no doubt. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, the Arizona Cardinals and their coaching search, perhaps a little bit of news today, maybe a guy to rule out, or maybe not. We'll give you the latest next on the Burns and Gambo show.
0: Burns and Gambo. Afternoons, 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I woke up this morning and I, really and I got
1: yourself a beer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Is that what you did? I woke no. up this morning I got myself... What'd you get, Burns? What'd you get? A coffee. A coffee.
1: <laughs> what do you do when you wake up? I, I I chugged a glass of water and then I had a glass of or oh, okay. I had a cup of coffee. Always
2: good to have water gets all the, the vital functioning organs yes. going. I think yes. I always I always Kindies chug I, I always yeah. chug
1: about sixteen ounces mm. of water before I do anything. First uh, thing I, I wake up I I got myself a glass of water not and a I beer chugged it. not a beer I'm not as exciting as yeah no <laughs> not a beer. Although I'm working from home, who would really know right? <sighs> like like I I could have a cocktail right now if I wanted to and nobody would be the wiser, but I don't. So
2: I could never do that because I I don't drink. So if I did,
1: I'd probably be like really like weird on the air, and people are like he must be drunk. You know what? And there's part of me that would pay good money to hear that. Yeah, there's part of me that would pay good money to Maybe see Maybe my last exactly day on the like air. We do it. Tipsy uh, Gambo on the air would sound right. like. Yeah. So what if you were just like super eloquent, no New York accent, just perfectly <laughs> yeah. saying sentences? You imagine,
2: imagine that. You imagine like, they that guy drunk all the time. He can actually speak.
1: Alcohol making Gambo actually have command. <laughs> of the English language that might be an experiment worth taking you know let's find out uh no what I was gonna say was I woke up this morning and I really thought today was the day I I, I thought, you know what, at some point today during our show or or during Wolf and Luke's show, breaking news is going to come down we're going to know who the Cardinals are hiring as their head coach. I, yeah. I just had a feeling. Uh, today would not appear to be that day, at least not yet. The day's almost over. It's already 3.17 in the afternoon. There was, however, a report that came out. And I don't know if this means, I don't think this means we can rule him out by any stretch of the imagination. But Ian Rappaport tweeted out this morning that the Denver Broncos have requested to interview with Steelers linebackers coach and senior defensive assistant Brian Flores for their defensive coordinator position under Sean Payton. Uh, Gamble, he's also had D.C. job interviews with Atlanta, Minnesota, and Cleveland. So there have been plenty who have wanted to speak to Flores about D.C. jobs. The Cardinals are the only one who's spoken to him about a head coaching job, and yet here we continue to wait and 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 find out what the Cardinals are going to do. I don't know if this means that Flores is off the board or not, but it sounds like he's getting interest as a DC still.
2: Yeah, and you know, and if if, if nobody's going to hire him, he's got to get himself another job, right? So that's where you look at and like if these teams are not going to hire you, that's where you start doing these DC interviews and things like that. Look, I, it's it's kind of interesting, but. I, I, I think there's a chance. I think, like, if you ask me, who, do, like, who do you think is the leader in the clubhouse right now?
1: Mm-hmm. Who do you think it is? Oh, I thought you were. Yeah, saying, I'm asking you. Uh, who do I think? jeez, oh, who is the leader in the clubhouse right now? Uh, I still think it's Brian Flores. Okay, I still think it's Brian Flores. I'm gonna change mine a little bit. Okay, I think
2: it might be Mike Kafka. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Why I, I've heard that he had a very good interview here, oh. and that they they, they seem to like him. I've heard he had, I heard he had a good interview. Younger guy, only thirty five years old. It seems like it's very similar to the that would be very similar to the Cliff hire, you know, offensive guy, younger guy. But if you're looking for somebody, you know, was a quarterback that could work with Kyler, that type of thing. So you know, hmm. they interviewed Kafka after they met with Peyton. Um. So I, I just I heard good things about the interview. Now, I don't know anything. So don't hold me to this. I'm just saying right now, if you like if we're playing that game, I would I would put him near near the top of the list
1: uh because again i heard that i heard that there was a good interview between them interesting okay interesting um i mean this week we've seen brian callahan the offensive coordinator of the bengals we've seen lou anirumo the defensive coordinator of the bengals all of the the candidates from a week ago mike florio the the chief editor main writer of profootballtalk.com was a guest this morning on the bickley Murata show and he he he's talking about Brian Flores a lot.
3: In Arizona, someone I trust told me two and a half weeks ago to keep an eye on Brian Flores as the potential head coach because he would help the team in a variety of ways. Football, exact opposite of Cliff Kingsbury and we see time and again. Teams that fire a coach look for a guy who from a personality standpoint is the exact opposite. You need some tough love for Kyler Murray to get the best out of him and that's what Brian Flores would bring
1: to the table. But honestly, it's been so quiet on brian flores since he had his conversation i don't know what to make of him and florio himself was asked by the guys this morning why haven't the cardinals hired him yet
3: well i don't think that flores would say no to a head coaching opportunity now maybe he would maybe he'd wait a year maybe he doesn't want to get caught up in a situation where you don't know when you're going to have kyla murray you don't know what the long-term play is at quarterback you don't have faith in the front office i mean that's possible it's possible and there we are back with yeah, that
2: again. Listen, now. Flores is him and Vance have the head coaching experience. I think it'd be a good hire. I do. I do like that. Um, I'm leaning Mike Kafka right now, um, and just because of what I've heard, but I'm not sure. But like Kafka, what he did with the Giants this year, what, you know, he's got experience with Andy Reid, working with Mahomes. Like there could, you know, if you are looking to get the most out of Kyler. You can look at these guys and say, okay, Flores, defensive guy, Vance, defensive guy, Ajiro Ivaro, defensive guy, Luana Rumo, defensive guy. So you start to look at, okay, you know, if you do want an offensive guy, Kafka kind of fits the bill. He's young. But he does have experience under Andy Reid. Did a good job there. With, and worked with Mahomes, and then what he did with the Giants' offense with, with Saquon and Daniel Jones this year was was terrific. I mean, the Giants' offense was really good under him. So, and he's a former quarterback, and he's got experience playing the position. And so, you know, that could. I'm just putting that name out there because, like, I've heard good things about
1: how the interview went. Okay, I, and I'm glad you did. There has not been a lot of conversation about him. There hasn't been a ton of conversation about Brian Callahan so far. I, I mean, quite frankly, it's been. So quiet at this point when you you asked me, you know, who's the leader in the clubhouse? I I, I honestly didn't know how to answer the question because it's been totally so long since we've, you know, gotten any kind of smoke coming out of the Cardinals headquarters. They have kept this one buttoned up, quite, which is why I'm glad you've got information about hearing that it that went very well um, for Kafka. Florio, this morning, talked about the history that the Cardinals have to overcome.
3: Historically, the Cardinals have had a reputation for being extremely careful with money. Now, that, that has changed to a certain extent in recent years. There was a time when And these were facts that came from a report from Mike Silver when he was with Sports Illustrated years ago. Padlocks on the Gatorade cooler on the player's day off. Robert Griffith signs a free agent contract, and they deducted the cost of the FedEx envelope from his signing bonus. (laughs) Just dumb little things like that where you're penny-wise and pound-foolish. And, hey, coaches care about the quality of an organization. They care about ownership. They care about whether or not there's a commitment to spending the money necessary to make the team as good as it can be. Their legacies are on the line. Their employment's on the line. The whole genesis of the Wilkes claim is that 2018 was basically a year where they accepted they were going to stink, and they're fine with that. I mean, that's the allegation. So that, that may be part of it, but, you know, at the end of the day, there's only 32 of these jobs.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day, there's only 32 of them. Right. And if someone's offering one of them, yeah. I, I, just, I, I get where maybe some candidates might look at it and go, Kyler's not my cup of tea, or I'm not sure if I can work with that. I'm not sure that's what I would want at quarterback, and and maybe they would say no because of that, or maybe the Cardinals would rule them out because of it. But the opportunity to be a head coach in this league, no matter what you might think of the organization, I just can't imagine there are too many guys who would say no to something like that, Gambo.
2: No, I agree. I don't think that there are, and that's why some guy. But I can understand, like if you are an an up, you're a D'Amico Ryan, you want to make sure you get the right job. You're there are guys out there. That are thirty five years old, and it's like I, I you don't want to jump at a bad job because you see what happens when you jump at a bad job. Ownership's not committed. You're not in a good situation, cap wise. You know, you know, then you get fired after two years, and then it's a it's a tough road back. So there are some guys that you know, if the younger guys feel like if I'm in a good situation and I've got a good team, I'll be a candidate next year. Better jobs will open up. So there are some guys out there that feel like they could pick and choose their spots, where others feel like there aren't that many of these jobs. Who knows what's going to happen. I might as well take it when I can get it. Uh, this Monday,
1: big day. Listen for your name every day starting on Monday to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Text the word super to 62620. Register, and then once you hear your name, call in within the time frame and you could be headed to Super Bowl 57. Plus, you will win tickets to the following events, the FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. Again, text the word super to six twenty six. Twenty. It's Arizona Sports All Access. It's presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. Well, we all know the NBA trade deadline brings some wild hypotheticals. This one might be one of the wildest: DeAndre Ayton to the Dallas Mavericks. We'll talk about it next. Burns and Gamble.
0: and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader.
1: So we've already had a really busy day talking Suns basketball today. they got the Celtics coming up tonight at 5.30 as we welcome you back to Burns and Gambo. Um, But the trade deadline stuff. It's next Thursday and man there's just been a bevy of rumors and new developments to come out today. Kyrie Irving reportedly told the Nets he wants out. He wants to be traded by the deadline. Uh, Adrian Orjanowski is reporting that rival executives are calling the nets uh not about kyrie but about kevin durant and and whether that impacts their feeling about kevin durant moving forward there have been multiple media reports saying that the lakers might be interested in kyrie that the mavericks might be interested in kyrie and that yes the phoenix suns might be interested in kyrie irving which is you know that's a lot to unpack right there um so it, it, it stands to reason, Gambo, that this next week could be really wild in the NBA when it comes to the deadline. I mean, it might be real quiet, but it just feels like it's setting itself up for what could be a really busy week.
2: Yeah, it could be. I mean, it, it definitely could be. Because that's a big blockbuster name that's out there, and then quietly, we don't know what Kevin Durant is thinking. If Kyrie's going to get traded, you know, and now if you're the Nets, do you do you take the chance of just trying to run, you know, re- go through the season with Kyrie? I don't think so. I think you try to get something for him now. Um, Before he's a free agent, you know, get some value for him. If you, we've talked about that. Like, if you did trade him for Chris Paul, you, you know, you would have Paul and Durant. That would satisfy Durant for right now. And then you've got an option with Paul next year. Half is guaranteed. He's under contract for two more years, but only 15 million of that money is guaranteed. And that's next season. the The year after that, none of it's guaranteed. So, you know, you could look to do that. Maybe that's an option where you satisfy Durant just for now. But eventually, I think you're going to have to cross that bridge with Durant at some point. Because, yeah. you know, Chris Paul is older. And Kyrie's seven years younger than Chris Paul. And he's a much better scorer, but not as good of a playmaker and things like that. They both bring headaches, but different type of headaches. You know, Kyrie's a headache just being you know, being who he is. <laughs> and, and Chris is just, you just don't know if his body's going to hold up for you. And you could trust him. They're both phenomenal. Phenomenal players when they're when they're on, you know, and sure. I mean, all things being equal, if both guys are completely healthy and nobody's going to wear down, you can make an argument that you'd rather have Chris because of his playmaking ability, his mid-range game, and you know things like that. But Kyrie is a a bona fide legitimate top scorer
1: in this league. Yeah, he is, and and I would I would admit to being intrigued what a Kyrie Irving Devin Booker backcourt would look like and what they could do and and how they could work off of each other. Um, because Devin has has shown in the past he doesn't need to be super ball dominant. I mean he can be, but he doesn't have to be. I I. It's it's intriguing. I, I, I think long-term, I don't want anything to do with Kyrie Irving, but I will admit in the short term to being very, very tempted about what something like that might look like just in terms of a jolt and how it would really change the equation, right? Like a true, okay, now what? And and, and now what do they have? And now how do teams deal with them? It, it'd be intriguing. Um, this time of year, Mander's going to be – it's like – some of them are reports. Some of them are suggestions. Some of it's just pure speculation. And I know you do the Gambo thing, and you chase a lot of this down. Yeah. And you did that earlier in the show, and you, you chased down a lot of names. There was a. And now sy- I'm tired. I'm sure you are. I, I, I'm you know you probably could use a you know if I were there I'd be more than happy to get you that mocha that I oh, owe you yeah, from one of our bets. Do. That might be the little jolt that you would need. Man, to like a Dutch Bros nearby. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Gambo. If you asked really. Nicely, I need a mocha. Uh, I'm sure somebody would would get you a mocha. And you, I'll, I'll you, suck you it up. You could probably use a little zap. Um, a suggestion that came down yesterday, today, uh, came from Zach Lowe. Of ESPN.com on his podcast, and what, uh, at, at this point, I don't I don't know if I can laugh anything off other than the idea of you know Pat Bev getting traded to the Suns for Jake Browder <laughs> because we got a good laugh at that yesterday. Um, his suggestion, casual suggestion, was DeAndre Ayton going to the Dallas Mavericks for Dorian Finney-Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., and a fur- future first-round pick.
2: Okay, I'm I'm chasing this. I am chasing this just to see, but um,
1: I again, like... Again, I want to be clear about this. Before you chime in, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you. He is not reporting this, okay? He is not saying, I've heard this. He's suggesting this, okay? So right, there's, a dif- right. there's a difference but to me, big okay? Difference, right. Big difference, big yeah. difference, yeah. He's suggesting this. He's not reporting this. He's speculating.
2: It's interesting... That's an interesting thing. Uh, like I've said, I expect that they're going to try to get off of Dorian Finney-Smith. I do think that they're going to go after a you know a big-time player in the off-season. Luca knows the plan. Like Luca knows that you know they're going to be competitive, but their plan is to get him a bona fide you know wingman next. That's why they didn't bring back Brunson. Because they didn't want the smaller player, they want the bigger player. They want the Siakam, the OG Ananobi, the Zach Levine. They want the bigger wing player that can defend multiple positions and can score inside, but they can also shoot outside. Like Dorian Finney Smith is a good player, but he's not like a great player. Like he's he's good. He's good defensively. He's really long, but he's not a scorer. Um, so I think that's why they'd be willing to move on from Dorian Finney Smith. Whether they would be a team that would take Da or not is interesting they did sign Javale McGee to a three year deal, you know, and they kind of stuck with that. Uh, Maxi Kleber's been out for them. He he really changes the way they play, especially defensively. But would they be interested
1: in Da? That's something I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find out. Yeah, I mean because I mean it, I, we can obviously unpack this for a minute. It, it's got some very weird ramifications, right? You'd be teaming up the guy that the Suns should have taken with the guy the Suns did take, and you. You'd be doing it on a different team. You'd be looking at a luka deandre Ayton combination, if you're the Suns, as something kind of in your way, as an obstacle, for the next couple of years. You've said many times, and most of the time I agree with you, you take the best deal in a trade. You don't really worry about where you send a guy or whether he's going to punish you for for trading him somewhere or whether you're going to rue the day you ever did it. If that's the best deal, you take the deal. Um, I, I... I Oddly, when I saw this this morning, I, Gambo, I, I was really oddly not worried about what a Luca deandre Ayton pairing would do or what it would mean. You know, like normally I would look at something like that and go, oh man, I wouldn't want to play that team. I don't know if I feel that way about that potential pairing. I don't know if it strikes fear in the heart the way other trades might you know what i mean the da luca one yes if da and luca were together i don't know if that would be the kind of one i don't know if that would be the oh there it is the mavs got their superstar pairing with luca Doncic, and they're going to be great watch out i don't know if i'd feel that way about it yeah
2: i don't think i would I, i don't know if that would prevent them from being big players for one of the other guys as well um you, so I, I I don't if they made the trade for Da you are adding another max player with Luca. I don't know if that would prevent them from being able to do something else. Like, if they're looking at, okay, who's the guy we can get with Luka? I'm pr- pretty certain that DA's not at the top of their list. Like I said, my understanding is that they want a wing player. DA's not a wing player. DA doesn't shoot the three at all. So he's more inside, you know, where he clogs up a lot. You know, you don't have to really – now, he can, hit a, you know, the, the ju- he can hit the jump shot. He hits the hook. But is he a good fit for Luka if he doesn't – you know, Maxi Kleber's a good fit for Luka. You know why? Because he pop pop outside. Right. You know, he can pop outside, Luca could drive, kick it out to him, but he can he can clear a big out because you gotta respect the fact that he could shoot the
1: ball. You do, um, and, and it's, it's. I don't know if that. I don't know if that's exactly the mix that they'd be looking for with the. De- and to be perfectly honest, I- I- any conversation, whether it's this Mavs suggestion or, or anything else, the thing about trading Da, I, I, I think it's going to be tough. I, I think it's someone's going to have to look at Da, whether it's the Mavs, hypothetically the Raptors. I know there's been a lot of talk about the Raptors and maybe their interest level in DeAndre Ayton. Somebody's got to look at DeAndre and say, I can do better. I can do better with him than the Suns have done. I can fix him. I can I can make him everything that we think he can be, and we're better equipped to do it here than they are there. We've got the right coach. We've got the right system. We've got the right whatever to be able to reach him. Um, because as it stands, in terms of the production that he's providing and the salary he's being paid to provide it, it's not a great deal. It's the, it's not the kind of player or or, or situation that I think teams are going to trip over themselves to go get, right? He seems like very overpaid. He, he seems he's good. At moments, he's great, but that lack of defensive intensity this year and just everything else about him that's so inconsistent, I, I don't know how many teams are going to be lined up to take on a $30 million a year plus guy who still has four years left on that deal.
2: Yeah, I, I Unless you think that you can get unless you feel like he's being underutilized yeah. in a system and you can get and it 's a great point by you because there are teams that are going to look at that and say okay you know let let's you know we can get more out of him, and maybe Luca could bring more out of d a maybe playing with Luca can get more out of him, but look the you know they're they're looking at you know a lot of different guys would you I mean, I, Dorian Finney-Smith does give you length. He gives you a lot of length. He's not a great player. He's a good player. It would get you, you know, I'm trying to find out, but it would get you, you know, if it got you off of D.A., the question is, who's your, who's your center? Do you just go with, you know, with uh, Bismack Biyombo and Dario and Jacques Landale? And a lot of teams are going with guys like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I know, and and the Suns have not, it's not like they've struggled when they haven't had D.A. this year, right? That hasn't been one guy that, if you look at the record, if you look at the wins and the losses, it hasn't made that much of an impact one way or another. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, obviously it's been a strange season in Phoenix, but despite it all, one of the top NBA writers for the ringer says that you should not sleep on the Phoenix Suns. We'll explain what he means next on the Burns and Gambo show.
0: and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Live
1: from the Auction Community Studios. At least Gambo is live from the Occhain Community Studios. This is my final day of uh, broadcasting from home. We'll be back together next week. Looking forward to that. Um, before all of this Kyrie stuff broke today um, about three and a half, four hours ago with Kyrie reportedly asking for a trade and then the follow-up reporting by Shams and and, and Chris Haynes and others that the Suns might actually be one of the potential destinations for Kyrie, and that's just got us all, you know, scrambling right now to, to to figure that out. Before all of that happened, there was a really I thought thoughtful and interesting story this morning on the Ringer that I know we were going to talk about no matter what. It's just now we're kind of talking about it in a somewhat different way with this Kyrie stuff, and that in the headline of the story said it all. Don't sleep on the Suns at the deadline or in the playoffs. And it's from Michael Pena, who's an NBA writer with the ringer, and a lot of it is, you know, ground that we've covered, stuff that we've talked about, the the injuries, the Jay Crowder situation, what do they need, what is Matt Ishbia gonna do when he takes over, especially since it's before the trade deadline. He was one to mention Alex Caruso as a potential trade. You're saying that's not going to happen, right? No. That was one of the names you ruled no, out earlier? Shoot okay.
2: down Caruso. yes, yeah, Suns are not going to trade for Caruso. There's so many you know, rumors out there. And you just go through them and just try to you know, – I'm literally sitting here right now. I know you're at home, and I'm here, and I'm texting with several different teams to find out who likes what players on the Suns what teams are being offered and stuff like that. So it, it's, it's, it's starting to – what I've noticed about today is things are really starting to pick up today. Really, really starting to pick up today. Like well, this is the this is like the most, you know. Like if, if you if you're listening to Secret Moss Code, you know this is where there's a lot of chatter. There's more, <laughs> and, and I, I'm fortunate that I'm dialed in with many of the teams that I can talk with a lot of teams around the league. There's a lot of chatter going right now. A lot of chatter. This is the first time, and you know me, I follow this stuff very closely. I I talked. This is the first time I can say, wow, it's really, really picking up right now. Really picking up to the point where teams are. Starting Starting to get, they know the deadline's coming in in six days, five, six days, and everybody's really starting to talk about players now and movement and things like that, so it's been a, today's been a, even though there's no trades today, I can tell you it's been a busy, busy
1: day with teams talking to each other about players. Well, I, and, you know, Kyrie comes out and he asks for trade, that's something like that's going to happen. Um, this story, now again, this was all before the Kyrie stuff, but this story suggested something you and I have talked about for the last couple of days trying to figure out Chris Paul and try and in their words, quote, it might be a bridge too far to call Phoenix a sleeping giant, but it's also too soon to dismiss them entirely as a legitimate title contender. And Chris Paul, who's still very good, albeit less reliable on a night to night basis is still a big reason why it's too soon to dismiss them as an entirely legitimate title contender. And he points out again, something that we've talked about that, that it, it's, you know He's going to have his moments like that Atlanta game okay where you know th- there are going to be nights like that where he just doesn't have anything in the tank, and you could tell right away. Tank was empty. There-, there wasn't anything he was going to do to help beat the Atlanta Hawks. and There are going to be nights like that. The question is, are there going to be enough good nights out of Chris where the Suns can overcome the bad nights? What's going to be the ratio of good nights to bad nights for Chris Paul the rest of the regular season and in the postseason? In this, in this writer's opinion, there are going to be more than enough good nights for the Suns to be able to continue to ride with Chris Paul, potentially?
2: And that's the biggest question, right? I mean, we can't go into the playoffs and assume that Chris is going to be great every night, but you also can't go into the playoffs assuming he's going to be bad every night. He's not going to play like he did against the Hawks all the time, but he's not going to play like he did against New Orleans in that game last year where he didn't miss a shot every night. So, you know, there's somewhere in between, and the question really is, is he going to be good enough to get you out of a round? Can he play um, enough? If you're going to play a six- or a seven-game series, can he be the difference maker in enough games to get you over that? Because I don't think yeah. any of us expect Chris at his age to be lights out every single night. But we also don't expect him to be poor every single night. We kind of expect a mixed bag where if a six-game series, he'll play four really good games and have two off games.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's where the Chris Paul question. Look, I, I, I said yesterday, I'm sticking with Chris Paul. I'm riding with Chris Paul. Now, this Kyrie thing has got all of us kind of looking at things differently depending on what happens there um I, I think the answer to the chris paul question lies in what we saw versus the mavericks last year o- on nights where chris doesn't happen and on nights where Devin is being taken out of the game entirely what do you do then what do you have what do you, is it is it mckell are we relying on Mikel to be that guy is it a guy you trade for before next Thursday that you're going to ask to kind of pick up the slack is such a guy available to, to me the Chris Paul question is just as much wrapped in with that it, it's like we well, can sit here and talk about Chris all we want he's going to have good nights he's going to have bad nights okay when the bad nights come what do you do what do you do you need another score up. A, and you do you and need another you need a score and that's where is Mikel that guy now or do you need to go find another score to prepare yourself for the nights when chris isn't going to have it because there are going to be nights where chris isn't going to have it and that's when you're going to need another score you're just going to i have think one.
2: and i think they know that i think that they know that they need to see that's the interesting thing about like Kyrie is that Kyrie doesn't have games where he doesn't score <laughs> he, <laughs> no, he just doesn't no, have them. no he does not <laughs> uh, okay and i'm just going to go from from the, just this year okay just this year he Here's his scoring per game. You ready? Yeah. 27, 25, 19, 29, 24, 15. That's his lowest. 30, 48, 38, 30, 40, 32, 26, and then 20. Like he never doesn't score. So like if you said I need to score, Kyrie, Kyrie will always score. So that's just, you know, that like, you know, sometimes he takes a lot of shots to score, but he, you sure, know, sure. But he will always score where Chris is. Sometimes Chris knows he's not, he doesn't have it, and then he just, I'm going to facilitate and I'm not going to try to be a scorer. Kyrie's going to try to score all the time. He can miss his first seven shots, and he's going to end up with 25 shots in the game.
1: Yeah, he. but then you get into the deficiencies of Kyrie defensively. Not that Chris is a great defender anymore because he's not, but you get into the, the deficiencies of Kyrie as a defender, as a facilitator. Uh, you do wonder about him and Book coexisting together. You wonder about, you know, the the he's he's such a difficult person to deal with. I mean, every team, it, it's it, you just the teams that have had him, you can just kind of see them shaking their head like, yeah, good luck with that guy, man. He's he's not going to make it easy on you, that's for sure. But when he's right, God, he's so talented and it's just so effortless for him to score the basketball that you would think it'd be a matchup nightmare for any team team. Um they're gonna if 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 Chris is still the guy, and I, there's no reason to think that he's not going to be unless this Kyrie stuff comes to fruition. Uh, if Chris is still the guy, they're gonna either have to know Mikael Bridges is up to the task, or they're gonna have to go get somebody else to to be able to count on come scoring time when all of that comes. Yeah, up. and
2: don't forget the buyout market too. I wouldn't rule that, that out too. as a place
1: yes. where they can add somebody. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty? Right now, when we come back, it's been a busy day. It's It's already 4 o'clock. We're at the turn. The 4 o'clock reset is next on the Burns and Gambo Show.